welcome. I'm Danielle Sally. And I'm Eva Fusa. And you're listening to Ghost Boss, stories about the freelance afterlife. Hi, Danielle. Hey, Eva. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Fresh back from New York City. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. So do we want to talk about, quickly do an update on- On our homework. On our homework? Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, I, now I have to check with you. You do. <laughs> Some days are better than others. That's true. But overall, yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of, you know, I was out of my normal routine mm-hmm. because I was traveling. So- some of the things didn't really apply or they just, I just didn't do them or a lot of them I did do. So, uh, but we'll just get really quick into our anti-zombie list, our anti-zombie list. And, and where we're at with them. So yeah. my, my first one was my morning coffee. My yeah. I mean, I can't start without coffee, so I'm good there. Always going to be good. But did there. you do your like meditate, your quiet? Most days, most days I did. Nice. I didn't have the, the option when I was traveling sure. to do what I would normally do. But for most days, when I was home, I definitely did it. 30 minutes of movement was easy in New York City. <laughs> There's oh, that's yeah. never going to be an issue. Blocking out project time was crucial because yeah. I only had certain times where I could actually do my work, pushing back when needed. Um, probably didn't do great at that. Okay. Don't say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't really have anything new come up. Okay. While I was gone. So it's we'll say check. <laughs> um, let's see, do something for myself one day a week. Yeah. I did that even when I was in New York. I actually a friend of mine asked if I wanted to go to a concert at Madison Square Garden. And I was like, normal Danielle would say no. Look at you. And I I did it. So that was good. And then stay on track with nutrition water intake. I struggle with that when yeah, I'm traveling. So. Everybody does. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to go to the bathroom yes, 15 times. Exactly. And- so getting back to normal this week, how are you doing on your list? I did pretty good on my list. Yeah. So we all know that Eva's primary metric of how, how is Eva doing? Did Eva get sleep? Um, oh, is that not the metric? <laughs> no, the metric I always use is how much, how much audiobook did I listen oh, to? Oh, okay. Right? That's fair. But we'll talk about my sleep first and then we'll yes. talk about my insane audiobook number that I sent to Danielle <laughs> last night. Um, so yes, most nights, most nights. Yeah. So it's been six nights since we last recorded. Yes. Right. I'd say four of those I got between six and a half and seven and a half hours of sleep. Okay. My audiobook content has been a little bananas. You're share the number. Well, well, I texted <laughs> you last night at 6 p.m. Oh no, it got higher. Oh yeah. It's 9.45 <laughs> in the morning. I've done five more hours since Stop. then. So I've listened to 39 hours of audiobook like content. Full work week, Eva. And seven hours of podcast it's time. Beyond. Beyond. So I finished If It Bleeds okay. last week. Um, I was halfway through that because it's a bunch of short stories. So yeah. I did two and then listened to something else and came back. Cool. Then I listened to Zero Days by Ruth Ware. Okay. I listened to, that was 14 hours. I listened to it all in a day and a half. Wow. That that's fast for me. I don't okay, usually okay. go that fast. <laughs> I was really into it. That's good. Um, I loved it. It was really good. Um, and then I listened to a book called uh, "The Only Good Indians," yes, which is a Native American horror book. Ooh. Um, and I listened to that on the way to a powwow. Nice. Which all feels like <laughs> very centered, right? And then on the way back from the powwow, I started a path led by lightning, which. I'd started before and put down. It's about Jim Thorpe, who's the first Native American to win the Olympics. Oh, cool. He won in 1912, 
was with mismatched shoes. <laughs> it talks about his life and my dad did track and field yeah. when he was in high school awesome. and really looked up to Jim Thorpe. So um, it's really special to finally sure. like, make the time to read it. Very cool. So yeah, um, the Jim Thorpe book is 23 hours long. I'm like halfway through. Okay. Uh, zero days was 14 hours. Only getting DNs was nine and I had five hours left. In, <laughs> <if Jeez. it laughs> and then I was like, here's a couple of podcasts. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and I was debating listening to anything on the plane. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, not possible. And the only reason I think I, I told you, like the only reason I did, because I wanted to make sure the person beside me did not chat because he did say, hi, how am I doing? I'm like, oh, that's just too much. <laughs> plane. Stop being polite to me. Stop it. <laughs> Please stop talking. Stop it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I listen to a lot, which is usually a pretty good indicator of how I'm doing. Sure. And, and then the thing that I did for myself, I went to the Yap Yi Isway Festival. Yes, tell us about it. Up at the Kataba Nation near Rock Hill. Cool. So I've been taking my son to a lot of powwows. We live very far away from our tribe. Our tribe's in California. Right. And so while all tribes are different, there mm-hmm. is a lot of similarities in, in our powwow spaces. So there were two this weekend. There was the big festival in Rock Hill and then there was a smaller one in Sumter. And so I had pick. But we went up there. It was great. Like there were hundreds of people there and my son ate fry bread for the first time. There's a big history about fry bread. I'll save it for another episode because fry bread is a, it's an interesting thing in native culture. But yeah. So while I was in Rock Hill. Yes. You were in Rockefeller. I have a feeling it was a very different experience. Very different. So I went up to New York with American Advertising Federation. When I go up there, I'm going up there with what's called the Council of Governors. And we are essentially all the leaders of the grassroots side. You sound like wizards. (laughs) The council of governors. Like I expect y'all to be wearing capes. I did give them all Harry Potter ones last year because I found out we had a lot of Harry Potter fans. So you're not far off. (laughs) So first day we had our national board of directors meeting, um, which TikTok was nice enough to host us there. And then we, we had a dinner at the Mason jar, which actually ended up, I didn't realize it. Until later, but it was actually the USC Gamecocks bar. Oh, well, yeah. USC or of New York City. Yes. That was a fun place to yes. have our dinner. So we did that. And then the next day we had our Council of Governors meeting, which was hosted at Clear Channel. Great office in New York City. Um, and then wrapped it all by going to the Advertising Hall of Achievement, which is you can't go to this event without feeling incredible. Incredibly inspired mm-hmm. and in awe of these individuals who win it. And the individuals that are winning are basically future advertising legends that are mm-hmm. all under the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And it's just really amazing. And you're sitting there, and I'm sitting there as someone creeping up on 40. And so hey, I'm, it's I'm, not too bad. Some of us no, are on the other I'm, side. No, I'm and we're fine. doing great. Totally fine. <laughs> I have never had an issue with age, but I'm sitting there like, okay, so I'm the same age as everyone winning these awards. And I'm like, I just feel like such a slacker. (laughs) But then I I ran into a guy at the end and he was talking about it and he was like, no, don't, don't feel like a slacker. Just look at his achieving new goals, new goals that we can unlock. And I was like, that's a great, that's a much better way of looking at it. But I'm sharing all this because I was telling my mom Mm -hmm. about everything I did in New York and we went to TikTok and we went to Clear Channel and we did all these things. And my mom was like, I feel like I live vicariously through you because it just sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I was like, you know, 
I feel like I live vicariously through myself <laughs> because there's so many times. Yeah, I'm not up there winning the Advertising Hall of Achievement Award, but I'm still going to all these events and doing all these things. And I do have so many moments that are like, how how did I get here? How did my... And I wanted to make sure we get into this talk of imposter syndrome because there's so many times that, especially starting my own business... Mm-hmm. And and going to all these events and representing myself and my company, you do have these moments of how am I the person here? And what's interesting, too, is listening to these individuals who are up there winning these big awards. Mm-hmm. They're no different. They feel the same way. They're like, how how am I? How am I up here? How am I doing this? And so we really wanted to get into this topic because I think it is a a similar feeling Mm -hmm. amongst a lot of freelancers Mm -hmm. of feeling the imposter syndrome. But even, I mean, the imposter syndrome even goes to, even when I set up my, my LLC and starting my own company. Yeah. Yeah, Like I still had so many moments of, wow, I'm a business owner. Yeah. And can I do this? Yeah. And like, I have a graphic, a degree in graphic design. I don't have a degree in business. So it's all these things you're like, am I, am I doing this? Is this real? (laughs) Right, 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 right. No, I think that gets to like a really important thing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I wanted to be a graphic designer when I was 15. Yeah. And so I remember when I got my first job, it was like in an Mm in-house environment and I was really excited about it. But nobody in college really talked to me about in-house. Right. Like, and 70% of full-time employed designers work in-house. Sure. So for a little while, it was like, well, I mean, yes, I'm working. But like, am I, am, is, am I doing, am it? I really doing it? Yeah. I mean, for me, when I graduated, I had it in my head, I'm not going to make it until I'm at an advertising agency. Right. And I put that in my head and, and I did it. And it was great. I was so proud the day that I got uh, the job at the agency that I wanted to be at. And I went on and on and bragged about it. I'm not, not brag, but I was just proud. Of yeah. It no, you're excited. Because that's what I work so hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. But there is, there's a lot of this talk of like, especially in graphic design, you don't make it until you're at this place or yeah. you're at this place or you're right. at this place. And so they don't talk about in-house as much, but it's ironic because to your point, most graphic designers are working in-house. And a lot of in-house teams run like little agencies, yes. right? Um, I mean, that certainly depends on like the scale of where you're working. But in-house teams that are very large that are working for organizations that have several departments mm-hmm. is having a meeting about marketing needs for the finance department or um, administration or I came out of healthcare. So I'm trying not to make it only healthcare, <laughs> um, but why not? I'll yeah. make I'll make it healthcare because that's because that's what I'm used to. So is meeting with a new physician practice coming on board mm-hmm. any different than meeting with a new client? Right. Right. Um, if your surgery department has. 60 people in it and you have 10 surgeons who want to talk to you about how they want the marketing positioned. Is that any different than meeting with a client? Right. So um, I think there are, there's a lot of things in house that are similar to agencies. Um, But yeah, I mean, for a long time, I felt that way too. I've never worked for an agency, but that was a metric in my mind for a long time. I'm like, well, it doesn't count unless I do that. Right. But my my entire (laughs) career counts though. Yes, exactly. Your entire career still prepared you for being a business owner and being where you're at now. And it is very, very relevant and important. Yeah. 
good work is good work. I mean, you also have to think about, you know, we're in Columbia. So the in-house teams that we work with here are more regionally known. Yes. And that's just part of how it is. But um, you're telling me that somebody who works in-house for Nike, like doesn't know what they're doing, right? (laughs) Like somebody who works in-house at Amazon. Right. Isn't real? Like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I had to get out of that mindset. Yes. It's just tough. I feel like because, you know, going to events like the Advertising Hall of Achievement, hearing, hearing their tales and their stories and what they've done, it's hard not to sit there and compare, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, then I go tell my, my story, yeah. my trip to my mom yeah, and it makes you realize, you know what? I should be pretty damn proud yeah. of, of everything that I've done. And we really shouldn't do this apples to apples or apples yeah. to oranges comparison mm-hmm. because all of our stories are different. Right. And it's important that we we value what we bring to the table. Right. I will say too, part of it when I was just getting started, I I had so many conversations, especially with with friends or former colleagues or or when I was trying to get a potential new client and, and nail them down, it was like, can I do this? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, am I, am I worth like, are they going to pay me? Are they like, am I that person they're going to hire? Yeah. And, and I know I can do everything that they want to do. And if I can't, I'm honest with them. Sure, sure, sure. I can. We talked about it in the last episode, but I, you know, you have those moments of, am I going to be, am I good enough? Am I real? And it really wasn't until maybe my, by my second or third client I signed, I felt like, okay, no, like I felt like I was kind of starting to prove myself to myself. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing the damn I'm thing. doing it. Yes. So it's, it's just funny how there's so many things when you make such a shift in your career that the, you start to doubt yourself. Yeah. And you shouldn't. But it's it's interesting how so many of us have felt the same way. You know, we you and I just went to the Growth Summit not too long ago in Columbia, South Carolina, and it was a lot of the same stories. I heard imposter syndrome come up a lot uh-huh. in many different sessions, uh-huh. and that's a conference built towards entrepreneurs. So it's in you know, all of them are feeling and thinking the same way, and so it was a very it was an interesting moment because being someone that's so early on in starting my yeah. new business, it was almost reassuring. Yeah. That there's a lot of people there that have been doing this for years. Yeah. And they felt the same way. And sometimes yeah. they still feel the same way. Yeah. So I moderated a creative hustle panel yeah. there with some of our faves. Our faves. Some of our faves. <laughs> um and I imposter syndrome came up. I always feel very smug when I have this answer. And I don't mean to, but people <laughs> ask me now, yeah. um, do you have imposter syndrome? And on that panel I was like, no. <laughs> No. Um, And to be honest with you, what cured my imposter syndrome is freelancing. Yes. Because every month when I send out my invoices and I get paid. Yep. And then those clients call me again in a week or or six months or whatever my normal cadence is with them for work. I now realize like I'm it. Like this is real. And so when I was in-house and I think it wouldn't have even just been in-house, right? Like if I had worked at an agency, I think I may have also felt like, well, but like, am I at the right agency? Is this, is is, is this the agency that like I want to be, right? Like I still would have been picking it apart. Yes. And even when I won, I won so many awards when I was in-house and I was like, but like, was it the right award? Right. And now um, I have not won many awards as a freelancer just because I do so much B2B work. Sure. And 
clients have won awards for stuff that I've worked on. It's just very different, like kind of how I'm positioned, but all it's all those metrics that I needed to validate myself when Mm -hmm. I was in house. I don't need any of them anymore because I'm out here now. Also that might, that might just come with age. And I don't just mean like my actual age, but like the amount of time I've been doing it. Um, But things like getting my invoices paid yep, and then being asked to like moderate that panel at the growth summit People seeing me and looking to me as an expert, not just in like design, but an expert in like, like just as part of the professional in this industry, professional in this industry has really validated all of that for me. So I had imposter syndrome for a very long time (laughs) um, in many, many different ways, right? right? Not just in the creative way space as well. And so now I always feel so weird. People are like, do you have imposter syndrome? No. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Um, Well, and it's funny too, because I feel like in many ways, my involvement with American Advertising Federation, quite frankly, that's what gave me the confidence to start my own company. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't me at lunch that day. <laughs> and you telling me, hey, quit your, quit your no. job. <laughs> Go quit your job. <laughs> if you want to quit your job, come have lunch with yeah. me. Quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> but it, they really did. It gave me such confidence. And I don't take for granted that, you know, I, I ran for a position within AAF that um, chaired the Council of Governors. And it's the high, highest elected position on the grassroots side of the AAF. The, gra- the grassroots side of AAF, it's about 35,000 members mm-hmm. and I was the highest elected position. Mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted. And, but there's still so many moments where it's like, damn, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have so much confidence from stuff like that, but then I'll put myself out of my comfort zone and do something new. Yeah. And then you kind of, you get uh, that self-doubt sometimes built in again. Then you have to remind yourself, no, remember that this thing that you did and this thing and this thing that all led to where you're at right, now. Right. That's what really, I have to keep reminding myself yeah. to continue that confidence. Yeah. Let's, so let's talk more about our board service and our volunteer work yeah. and how that bolsters not only our careers, yes. but how it kills kills the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, it, it definitely It helps. really does. So <laughs> for me, I've been on many boards. Yes. You know this. I love a board. We love them. We love a board. I get you on them. You get me on them. Right. Right. And then, then I leave the one and that you were you on. The one you left me. <laughs> hey, I read the, I read essentialism over the summer See? and I had to, I had to peer back. No, I'm proud of you. for <laughs> Yes. Um, so I've been on many boards, but two years ago I committed to become president yes. of AAF Midlands yes. for this year. So you commit a couple years out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had some imposter syndrome around that. Yeah. Like, like, what did I commit to? I know you do feel, feel it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword in my yes. opinion, because it means when there is such strong succession planning and there's such strong, like, like just a community, like it's great because it is harder to mess it up because yes. there's so many people there to help you if you fall. Right. Yes. It also, you have massive shoes to fill, massive right? Shoes. Um, and then it's funny when I recruited my VP, like it, it's so funny to watch everybody kind of have the same conversation. Like, yes. I don't know if I'm ready. And then we're like, you're ready. You're ready. Trust Cause, me. Cause, Cause I know I, what I'm looking at. Yes. You're ready. I, I know what I'm looking at. And I was also in your shoes. I was also scared. And right? I said everything you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can do it. You can do it. Exactly. <laughs> and also there's always a point of like, You'll have me with you and you'll have whoever yes. you select behind you. So you're never really alone. And that's something I love about our club and, and all the really successful clubs. They have that. They yeah. have that support system yeah. of, of other board members or past presidents that can jump in and help. 
yeah. if needed. Yeah. So when I committed, my first kind of uh, moment yeah. <laughs> after like committing was yes. when I had to put together my board retreat. Yes. Because I was like, oh man, I got to be the grown up in the room. I could be yes. the teacher, right? You like have to lead the whole thing. I got to lead the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went totally off agenda. It's, and you do. Right. And it was, it ended up really great. But Much like um, this podcast. <laughs> no, we're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, don't have me write the agenda because the agenda I wrote for the board retreat, the two and a half hours I had blocked out, we did it literally in like 30 minutes. I was like, well, I guess we're going to go into open discussion for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon, which actually turned out so much better. Sometimes it works better. Um, but when it really hit me is when I tell people, like I'll be out in the community. Yes. Maybe that's at a co-work space. This happened at a kid's birthday party like two weeks ago. Yes. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm president of AF Midlands. And the reaction I get from people like, wow, wow. congratulations, job. big job. Yes. Um, and that I'm like, oh, yeah, Ooh. I know it gives you, I'm doing it. It gives you even more confidence. I'm doing it. And you're like, you know what? I, I was selected to be in this role. I was selected to do this. I just think it's a really great way to bolster your leadership. Yes. Potential. I mean, as a freelancer, I'm, I used to help run it. Like I co-ran a team. Yeah. Um, and so it's, this allows me to still do leadership. Yes. And not only that, I'm sure I've mentioned it before. If not, I'll mention it here. <laughs> 70% of my books last year came from people I met through AAF. So sure. AAF was also like a very big like business mechanism for me. Yes. Even when I was at an agency, you know, when you're at a, a medium to a large agency, mm-hmm. you want to do things that outside of work that make you stand out as an employee. Mm. Or in my particular case, I wanted to make sure that I was getting leadership experience Mm -hmm. to prove that I can lead a team. I can manage a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. And, And so that was another reason that I love doing AAF and I would encourage anyone to do it, AAF or any other kind of organization that gives you that leadership experience. Because if you're not if you aren't getting it where you work or you're trying to prove to your employer, hey, I can do this. Yeah. I think things like this help because I think the reason that my last job at my agency was being in a director and manager role, they they knew I could do it. Mm-hmm. They've seen what I've done with, with AAF and leading teams across the country. I also find board service is a great way to dabble in things that you would be doing if you weren't doing this full time. Yeah. And that also helps my imposter syndrome because it shows me that I'm capable and I'm good at stuff. Yeah. Even things that I don't have 20 something years of experience. It is funny. I feel I have a lot of people when they find out that I work for myself and I'm a graphic designer, they're like, oh, so what do you do? (laughs) What do you do all day? Yes. And, and I lots of stuff. No, it's like, what services do you offer? And I kind of, I'm like, well, how do I politely say everything? <laughs> and I don't do everything, but like, there's just so many things that I feel like you, especially as a modern day graphic designer, have to be able to do. Right. Right. So it's like, where, where do I, how do I cut? <laughs> how do I shorten this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't want to be talking too long. <laughs> So we've talked a lot. Yeah, a lot. Sorry, guys. About all the things <laughs> that make us feel great. Yes. <laughs> so Danielle, yes. if you could go back and talk to baby Danielle. Baby Danielle. Not infant Danielle. <laughs> but a little bit, little baby. Baby, baby Danny. Little, little baby designer Danielle. I always tell people when I first started, I'm like, little baby designer Eva. Yeah. What would you go back and tell little baby designer Danielle? Okay. That validates her, like, like combats her imposter syndrome. 
both what you've done in your career now. Yeah. And also what would you tell her that she's doing right now? Honestly, that validates her. I would remind myself to, to have the confidence to keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah, I'm again, I'm Aries, right? So I'm trophy driven. So I would just be like, there's so many awards in your future, (laughs) but no, I would just tell, tell her to keep going and have the confidence. And you're like, to remind myself of my own value and remind myself that I am good enough and just keep doing the damn thing. Do the thing. And what, what would you say to baby Eva? Little baby Eva. Little baby Eva. Little baby designer Eva. <laughs> um, well, I would say first off, you've been designing since you were 15 years old. You yeah. are a designer. Yes. Right. You are a designer. Later on in your career, you're going to do some incredible things. You're going to win a lot of awards. Yep. Um, I have permanent installations at the state house grounds, yeah. which is like really significant. You're going to run boards and you're going to run yep. your own business and all this kind of stuff. But um, I would also tell baby Eva to go Google this quote. I'm not going to read the whole thing, <laughs> but I found this quote when I was probably 24, 25, uh, actually later than that. I was probably okay. almost 30, but it's by, it's by Ira Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts with all of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have really good taste but there's this gap. And for mm-hmm. the first few years, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, okay. you make all this stuff and it's not good. And you think I'm not good, yeah. but it's because you know what good looks like Yes, and it takes time to get good. Yes. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is not an audio book. I'm not going to read you the whole quote. It's a little <laughs> lengthy, but Google the Ira Glass creativity quote. Right. And so I would tell young Eva, if you don't feel like your work is great yet, it's because you know what really great looks like. I love that. And it doesn't mean, I, I mean, I look back at some of my stuff and I'm like, this isn't bad. It just, it's just a young, it's young work. Yes. And it wasn't at its full potential. It wasn't yet. at its full potential. And I also would tell her, you got to get out of this mindset that you've been in since you were eight years old, yep. that you're always going to be in the top, 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 right. top. Now that you, you should always shoot for that. Yes. And good work happens. Like I've done wonderful work, right? incredible work that never made it to a stage. And it yeah. doesn't mean it wasn't valuable and it doesn't mean it wasn't needed. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's what I would tell her. I love it. Do the things. Do the things. You're real. You're real. You're real. You're real. You're not an apparition. You're not an apparition. Oh, you said it right. <laughs> Sometimes I say words weird. We had some bloopers. <laughs> and you'll never hear them. I always like to throw something back to the audience. Yes. So, you know, let us know. What do you do to prove that you're not an imposter? Yes. How do you combat your imposter syndrome? And if you could validate us and just tell us you all have imposter syndrome, that'd be amazing. Well, I don't anymore, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone but Eva. I said on a panel said, no. No, I don't. I don't. I'm legit. I mean, it doesn't mean I never, right? It doesn't mean I've ever, but yeah. Lack of confidence isn't your problem. (laughs) I've been doing this for 25 years. Fair. If I don't have my feet up underneath me about this by now. That's fair. But yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Yes. See you next week. Bye. Remember to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ghost Boss Podcasts. And also please like and review us on your favorite podcast app. 